The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Good Money Moves. I'm Andy Brownell with News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Jenna Tobble is with us from First Alliance Credit Union, the director of brand and digital member experience. Good morning, Jenna. Morning, Andy. Last episode, we talked about whether or not we should get a joint checking account. Yeah. Not you and I, but you know, just in general. <laughs> yes. So what are we going to cover today? So today I have invited another guest to share some really important good money moves with us today. We're going to be talking about estate planning. So I have asked Jennifer Gumbel uh, to join us today. She is a attorney that specializes in estate planning and the probate process um, right here in Rochester. So welcome to Good Money Moves, Jennifer. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Thank you. Well, I'm an estate planning and probate attorney with the law firm of Wagner Ehler here in Rochester, and we do a lot of estate planning and probate. Um, kind of my pr primary focus is probates um, and then estate planning with kind of a focus on dealing with international issues when those come in. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm sure there is like a slew of things that we could dig into when it comes to estate planning and the probate process. Um, but before we dig, absolutely. Yeah. Before we really dig into the meat of that, um, let's just maybe start with the basics for those who are maybe just don't even know what the heck is estate planning. Like, and yeah. why is it important for people to even be thinking about this? Yeah. I think most of us, um, generally know that you should do estate planning, but what even is that? And I like to I like to um, use a definition where you're thinking through the legal to-do list that you would leave if you're incapacitated and then when you die. And then you're strategizing how to minimize those issues for other people. And that's where it comes into why is it important? Because um, everyone has, everyone will leave some sort of legal issues in those circumstances. And the people who have to deal with it are hopefully people who are grieving the fact that you're gone. And that's a really hard thing to do to have a big, messy legal to-do list on top of all of the other stuff. So um, it's important for you to, you know, try and minimize that to-do list and make it as easy as possible on the people that are closest to you. When people dive into this, are there any, I guess, pieces that they overlook that they oh tend absolutely, not yeah. So I think um, kind of historically we've we've know people talk about doing a will, um, maybe doing a trust, um, and think about it as far as getting documents done. But what really makes a difference is getting your assets to follow the plan, whatever your plan is. That's really the 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 determinative factor on whether or not whatever plan you have in place actually happens. So like a great example is something like a joint checking account that you talked about last time. So um, let's say that um, you want your assets to transfer as easily and quickly to your spouse as possible. And let's say you do have a joint checking account. Well, that asset is already saying, hey, when one person dies, survivor is going to get that. 
That's that's kind of how those accounts um, work. But let's say you have your fund money account. That is your account. And if you don't think through, okay, this is just mine, but I want this to go to my spouse when I die as easily and quickly as possible, you really have to think about how is that going to work? And so banks will have things uh, called a pay-on-death designation, that which is a way to say, well, this account should go to my spouse. And that's um, that helps you know get that assets, asset to move. And so it really is getting your assets to follow whatever plan you have. Legal documents are important, um, but don't determine what happens. It's your assets. A lot of this, what you're talking about, Jennifer, um, used to be called what the poor man's will when you would just sign over to somebody else. But this is a different yeah. instrument that you're talking about here. This wait yeah. until after you pass away to actually ha- occur. Yeah. So it really depends on what strategy makes sense for you. And that has a lot to do with, you know, what state are you in? I presume most people listening are going to be in Minnesota and we have lots of options to get things to transfer. And so it's really a function of what kinds of assets do you have? Where do you want them to go? Who are the people getting them? Um, and I like to I like to say, how squirrely are those people? <laughs> Meaning, um, do you need to put some sort of um, guidelines or rules in place? And, you know, your kind of standard squirrely people are minor children who can't do things on their own. Um, and so you're just strategizing, how do we get this to them in the right way? Um, that's going to work the best for the particular situation. Sometimes that'll be just direct transfers. So you mentioned um, a few moments ago some common terminology that I know comes up quite a bit in estate planning, and that's wills and trusts. Yes. Can you <laughs> can you just take a minute to kind of explain what each of these tools really are and when each of them should be considered to be used in this planning process and kind of maybe what's similar, what's different about them? Mm-hmm. So these are both legal documents. And again, we kind of think of, you know, doing an estate plan is getting some legal documents in place, which is really, that's really important to have the right tools. These are the things that put whatever strategy you have in place, um, but but that's not all there is to it. So the will has a particular purpose. I think a lot of people uh, think that a will gets you out of the probate process, which is you know that legal court process to deal with assets. And a lot of people will think that my will will get me out of probate, but it doesn't. It actually has a very particular purpose. So it goes back to assets moving, okay? So when you die, some assets will move automatically through those pay-on-death designations or the joint owner or um, other sorts of beneficiary designations because that's saying, well, here's where it goes when the owner dies. That transfers. But, But some assets don't say where they go. So, for example, if you have a vehicle that's just in your name, um, and we actually in Minnesota have a way to put a beneficiary designation on a car, which is kind of weird. I don't think any other state has that. Um, but it's very common that people don't have that. Um, and so if you have a car that's just in your name, that's where a will comes in. It's stuck in your name. And the will says, 
for assets that don't say where they go, here's where they should go and here's who I trust to get get that there. Um, so it's actually, I think of it as the communication to the court um, to say what happens to things that don't say where they go. Um, the trust is, um, is the basically a set of rules. And you have to remember that that's really all it is. It's a set of rules about ownership. There's also, I think, an expectation that, okay, you know, a will doesn't avoid probate, but maybe a trust avoids probate. And it can if it's used correctly. Um, but a trust is a set of rules. So I was talking before that um, there are some situations where it, it just doesn't work very well to get assets to transfer automatically. You have minor kids. Doesn't make sense to say, well, I'm going to put the my minor kids as beneficiaries on my life insurance policy. That's not going to work very well. <laughs> you need to have some rules in place. And so um, that's that's one time that a trust can make a lot of sense because you want an adult to manage the asset. And that person would be called a trustee for the benefit of children, the beneficiaries. Um, and that's really like the the basic rules that a trust needs to have where it says, here's who manages, here's who benefits. And then you can do all sorts of things with that. So you can do things like um, put rules in place between um, beneficiaries who might have different um, interest. So you see it a lot, a lot with farming families. Maybe you want one uh, one of the kids is a farmer and you want them to have the ability to rent the property, but you want them to pay rent to their siblings, you probably want to put some rules in place for that um, to make things go smoothly. Um, another reason could be if you have um, estate taxes, you can do you can put in place some rules that can help reduce um, estate taxes, especially with the state of Minnesota, because we're known to be uh, bad for taxes because we have an estate tax. Mm -hmm. um, so a trust can come come into play. But the important thing to know with a trust is that it puts the rules in place, but your assets don't follow the rules unless the assets say so. And that's a really important thing to remember. So something like. Um, um, if you're using it, for example, to avoid probate, great thing with rules is you can say, well, when these people die, here's who benefits next. <laughs> and that's how a trust can avoid probate. Um, but if your home is stuck in your name, you'll have a probate. Um, and it may get to the trust that you set up, but if the home doesn't say that it's going to follow the rules of the trust, you might also need a probate to get your house there. So that's the purpose of probate is to get the court involved in steering the assets to where they need to go. Exactly. So, so the, the court gets involved when the assets that are stuck in your name are by, by the state standards enough to get involved. And that is somewhat of a low bar, but there's enough to do some really good planning around that. So the number one thing is real estate that's stuck in your name needs a court, uh, a court-appointed personal representative. Now you might have a will that tells the court who to who to appoint, um, but it needs to have that court-appointed person to get the real estate to or to sign off on a sale to do anything with authority. Okay, so real estate that's stuck in your name means there's a probate. Um, if you're 
assets um, in general exceed the value of $75,000. So let's say you get your house to move automatically, but let's say you have a CD that's worth $80,000. Well, that's enough for the court to get involved. And they, uh, you need to have a court-appointed personal representative to move uh, to move that CD. So that's when probate happens. It's what's stuck. Okay. So what you're saying is if you were to plan ahead and work with somebody to make your assets move through the other methods mm-hmm. that you were talking about and got mm-hmm. that level down below the $75,000, you wouldn't need probate. Exactly. So that's what we do um, when we meet with clients um, is we're thinking, you know, again, going back to that definition of estate planning what is the legal to-do list that people are going to have? And that's looking at what things do you own, who are the people involved, and what's the most efficient way to get assets to move. And the nice the nice thing in Minnesota, I said, you know, we're bad for taxes, but we have lots of options to avoid probate. And also our probate process isn't the nightmare that you hear in other states. But it, if you can avoid it, let's do that. So then we're thinking through what assets do you have? Do we need to have rules in place through a trust? Or can we simply say it goes to the, you know, get those designations in place on those assets? Well, fantastic. We do have to take a break. So we'll do that and we'll return. We're talking about estate planning today on Good Money Boobs with Jennifer Gumbel. Jennifer or Jenna Towles here. Hi, Mandy Brownell. <laughs> All these J's are going to get me confused. Back in a moment on Newstalk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We are back with Good Money Moves. Estate planning today is the topic. Jennifer Gumbel, attorney, is with us, and Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union. Um, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, we're talking about amounts of money for probate, but is there an amount of money I should have before I even even consider working on an estate plan? That is an excellent question. And I think there's there's a perception that, well, there's two perceptions when it comes to estate planning. Um, It's something to do after you've built wealth and it's something to do when uh, you are at an age that you will probably die. (laughs) And both of those perceptions are fairly dangerous because we see people who, when you wouldn't say are have a huge amount of wealth, still leave legal problems that have to be dealt with. And you still have, you know, you don't get to control when death happens. Um, we do probates for all sorts of different ages. That's just the reality. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, so estate planning is important for every stage of life and every stage of kind of wealth building. Um, it just means that your estate plan looks different. So kind of the uh, the basic um, estate plan would be you have an 18-year-old. They don't really have much of assets, but they have their autonomy. So if something happens to them, the parents can't just swoop in and fix it. They can't just swoop in and start writing checks out of their checking account. They can't start telling the hospital what kind of uh, medical uh, decisions to make. And that adult has the power and the ability to say who gets to swoop in. But if they don't, then the parents don't just get to do that. And so 
the really entry level estate plan should be something like doing a doing a medical directive um, with your uh, with your medical institution or uh, with an attorney to get that done in the right way. And then a fi- financial power of attorney um, to name someone to deal with your finances if there's someone in your life that you trust to be able to do that. So it's kind of like the entry level. And then as you gain assets, you're thinking, what happens to this when I die? And that's a that's when you start to think that way. See, it's what's really interesting is we we also we deal with a lot of kind of legal messes, but we also deal with people who did it the right way. Usually, it's people who had who had to deal with someone's probate or kind of working through the to-do list. And so usually it's kind of older uh, widows who had to clean up their husband's estate. (laughs) And they walk in and they're like, okay, here's my beneficiary designation. Here's this, that, and the other thing. Because they know, they've kind of come to learn that with their assets, they have to think, what do I own? And where is this transfer? How does it get there? And um, and that's when you start to think that way, then you're likely to leave a very easy to-do list for people, again, who are in a place where it's good for them to have easy to-do lists versus a messy one. Yeah. And so uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit already. So when when someone does have to essentially enact your estate plan, like what does that process look like for the loved ones that you leave behind? Like, do they do they have to go individually out to all of these different places? Let's say you had accounts at two different financial institutions and your mortgage was over here and maybe you had some, you know, retirement assets somewhere else and you had some directives for some other funds. Like where, where do you start? Yeah, that's, an excellent question um, because the vast majority of things to do is just getting assets to where they're supposed to go. And it feels a lot like a breadcrumb trail. And some trails are really easy to find and some are really, really hard. And for some families, that can be the hardest part is just figuring out what did people own because there's only only one kind of asset has a central registry. That's real estate. That's really easy for us to say, okay, we'll check into that. We'll find out what's going on. But if you're squirreling away, you know, a few thousand in a savings account at one bank and then a few thousand in another bank and and you kind of have assets all over the place and then you don't figure out a way to communicate that, um, you know, you have a list somewhere or something. Um, there are, it's very easy for people to miss assets. So, for example, if you've ever heard of unclaimed property, that's oh, how yes. that happens. <laughs> um, it's just an account that sits and at some point, you know, the the bank or whatever institution figures out, oh, this person is no longer living. And after a while, if no one comes to claim it, they say, okay, well, we're just going to send this up to the state and hope it gets connected somehow. Um, and so it's really important to, again, understand what you own and have some way to communicate that. Real estate is easy. There's a central way to look that up. But for the other stuff, there isn't. Um, But that's kind of the first step is figuring out, okay, what's out there? And then are there beneficiary designations? What's stuck in their name? And that's when I'm working with families, that's the first thing we have to figure out is what's stuck and do we need to get someone 
again, appointed as personal representative, meaning we go to the court, take the, if there's a will, we take that to court to start the probate process. All right. We already have to take another break. So we'll do that and we'll come back really quick and uh, talk some more about estate planning with Jennifer Gumbel on Good Money Moves, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. Good Money Moves. Today, it's estate planning. Attorney Jennifer Gumbel with us. Um, Hello. Jennifer, um, you know, it's part of this is, I don't know what it is, angst, I guess is the word. <laughs> yeah. People don't <laughs> want to do this, uh-huh. but it's so important that they do do this. Uh, what kind of message would you want to send out there to people to, you know, push them in the right direction? As you mentioned, somebody as young as 18 years old, it's it's hugely advantageous for them to actually start this. Mm-hmm. So, again, for that estate planning is a strategy. Um, and you're le- getting the right legal documents sets up that strategy. But it's really important to remember that it's organization. It's understanding what you own and then making sure that your assets follow whatever plan um, makes sense for you. So that basic idea is really important to know. Um, and then um, I recommend oh, I recommend working with an attorney. There's a cost to it. I know there's a lot of DIY options out there, but the thing with DIY is you can find the documents Um, You don't get a lot of guidance in getting them signed correctly, getting the right content in there, and you don't know what documents you should be signing. Does it make sense to have a trust? Um, What other documents uh, do you need to get your plan in place? You usually can't do, for example, a transfer on death deed on your own that would get your house to move automatically. So I recommend working with an attorney. Um, But whatever plan makes sense, you know, that's that's a moving target, you know, whether you um, don't have a complicated situation or you're younger, that can uh, be pretty fairly low cost um, versus someone who has built wealth, um, you know, um, maybe has a little bit more of a complicated family situation, um, you know, then that's on the other end of the spectrum. But but getting a tailored plan uh, makes a ton of sense. So, Side question for you. Mm -hmm. Can you, in fact, leave all of your money to your dog? Is that even actually something that you can do? I knew it. No. Because you have something, right? You have a li- living thing, you know, but you have someone who does not, you have someone slash something that does not have legal authority to do anything. They can't sign a contract. They can't sell a house, right? <laughs> so you have something that you want to have benefit, but you need someone in place to manage it for them and has the ability to sign, you know, sell a house, do whatnot. And so the situation like that, you can have your assets benefit a pet, at least in Minnesota, there's, you know, different laws in different states. Minnesota allows that. Um, but um, but that's an excellent example of when a trust makes sense. Um, so, yeah, excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
I didn't see that one coming at all. That's for sure. <laughs> sarcasm, heavy sarcasm. <laughs> Jennifer, you've shared a, a ton of great information. And I know we're going to run out of time way quicker than I want to. So are there any, is there anything else our listeners should know about estate planning? Yeah, so number one, um, you know, like I said, like I'm a huge advocate of working with attorneys. Um, but whether you're in, you know, whether you're in Minnesota or maybe you're listening outside of Minnesota, um, I have a website that is geared just to give information because it's so hard to find good information. And the amazing thing that I've learned through, you know, the the years that I've been doing this is that states are very particular. They have different rules. Um, um, but the what you need to know to be an informed consumer and then to be able to minimize the legal to do list, you'll leave something that is not state specific. Um, so you can you can um, go to my website, organizedafterlife.com, and that gives a ton of good information so that you can get the basic idea of how this works, which puts you in a really good position to work with an attorney, evaluate possible plans, know what's going to work for you, um, and then start to do that financial organization that I talked about. So the financial organization is after we do our homework. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was going to get out of here and start writing out a big list. <laughs> huh. So thank you so much, Jennifer. I appreciate yes. your time. And uh, as always, we just scratched the surface of the topic. And Jennifer, I imagine you have a your website you mentioned. And Jenna, you have resources we can probably look at, too, that have information about estate planning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as always, I encourage our listeners to visit our website, firstalliancu.com. Get subscribed to our blog. We do release new financial tips and advice every week about all kinds of topics that we talk about on this show and many more that we haven't even touched on this show as well. Um, you can go back and listen to past episodes of Good Money Moves at firstalliancecu.com slash podcast or on carocnews.com. You can also subscribe to Good Money Moves on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasting. And of course, if you love our show, please take a minute to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'd love to know what you think. Um, and if you have a financial topic that you would like us to cover or questions you'd like answered on Good Money Moves, please send me an email at marketing at firstalliancecu.com. And of course, I strongly encourage you to reach out to our team at First Alliance Credit Union. Um, they can help you start thinking about what you can do with the accounts that you have here today and reach out to Jennifer with information about estate planning. She seems like an amazing resource, and I feel like we could pick her brain all day about this if we had more time. So, yes, use your resources. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. I hope we can thank do this you. again sometime. And Jenna, <laughs> Absolutely. thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Jenna, yeah. of course, with First Alliance Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA and an equal housing lender. Until next week, I'm Andy Ronnell. Good Money Moves, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.